I've always been intrigued by the stories of people in the jewelry industry who make these items, what inspires them and brings them to this world. I'm here to share their stories. This is A Thousand Facets. Rachel Jones started her curiosity with jewelry when she couldn't find pieces that spoke to her when she was a teenager. A journey of education and self-discovery, including London's prestigious Royal College of Art, has made her dedicate her career to the research and experimentation of gold, creating her own eyeless and truly breathtaking pieces. Hope you enjoy our conversation. Hi, Rachel. Hi, a thousand facets. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Very good, thank um, you. I see that you're like in your studio there. I like that green door in the back. Yeah, and sort of like little knickknacks and things. Yeah. Keep me inspired. Oh, you have like a mineral calendar. I do, there. I do. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I remember meeting you at Jill Wing a few years ago. Oh my God, it's been like, what, five years, four years? I think it's years? about five years. Oh yeah. my God, it's insane. Time flies. And you were there and you showed me your work there and I really liked it. And then we started talking and my favorite fact about you is that, well, not about you, about your family, is that your dad wants to go to every state in the United States and you've traveled yep. everywhere. And, yep. <laughs> and I always love that about your family, that your dad wants to travel everywhere and see everything. He and does. He's, he's very eccentric. <laughs> <laughs> But then at the same time, you love to travel a lot. And I think yeah. like we have that affinity that you always going on on this really cool trips and like seeing new things and first of all you and i will be really good traveling partners and say yeah <laughs> and second of all like i i just love seeing that you like to travel and see like so many different things that is it really warms my heart yeah yeah i think people are always like oh you're going away again <laughs> but it's like, there's so much of the world to explore exactly uh, but yeah. it's like but you go for like Uh, uh, like for your honeymoon you went for a long period of time and I, I was like yeah. I was literally like following, <laughs> following your trip and I was like oh and I was like telling my husband like, we have to go here we have to go there we yeah, yeah. haven't been there so I really love that about you yeah well we took we yeah we took three weeks off and we did whitewater rafting and we went to like I think it was like nine national parks and doing lots of hiking across like five states of the US. I know. Um, so we packed a lot in. Um, mm, which is which is like one of my favorite things going to national parks. Mm. And um it was like really funny. One of my coworkers um last year gave me for Christmas a book of worldwide national parks. Oh yeah, yeah. I cry when she she gave it to me because I was like Oh, you, you, you get me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you which understand. One, which one was your favorite um, national park? Uh, do you know, I think Bryce Canyon is, is my favorite. I've been dying to go it's there. It's so beautiful. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. The best hike, though, is in Zion. When oh, you really? walk through, you oh, walk in was, the river. Yeah, I know. I know yeah. I want to do that and but I'm, I'm like what she's like what she, what what shoes I'm gonna get <laughs> because I'm yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had just like plasticky sandals on whereas other people were like with their hiking poles and proper like water outdoor <laughs> shoes and we were like we've not dressed appropriately for uh for this uh water walk <laughs> I know it's just like I'm like I just I need to get like specific shoes that are not I'm not gonna cry when they're getting wet yep yep you <laughs> do the whole outdoorsy look yeah like, <laughs> I know which is like it's a it's a very contrary of who I am as a person mm -hmm. so it's like I never have managed the good hiking outfit because I am too snobby <laughs> Well, I think that's the thing when you're like a city person, yeah. you're very much like 
dressed for the city not outdoorsy so it's a bit sort of a bit strange getting like hiking gear on and hiking boots I'm actually a country like I prefer the country over the city but I just Mm. but I'm a country mouse that like to live to like to wear the outfits of a city mouse (laughs) yeah (laughs) like I will go to the grocery store wearing like a cute outfit you know it's just like I'm one of those horrible people (laughs) so um do you have a a first memory of jewelry um I guess the first proper jewelry memory I have is actually how I got into jewelry so I didn't really pay much attention like I didn't have I didn't dress up. I didn't make jewelry from like beads and things when I was a child. Um, I only really took notice of jewelry when I got my ears pierced, which is how I got into making jewelry. Really? Um, Believe it or not. Yeah. So for my 18th birthday, my friends decided to take me to Claire's accessories and they were like, (laughs) happy birthday. You're going to get your ears pierced. Uh, So I was like, okay um so I got my ears pierced and then you know when you're 18 and you you just sort of have pocket money you know I I didn't have a job at the time and all I could afford was class accessories and I was like oh this jewelry is horrible and my mum said why don't you make some so then yeah I started to to make my own like bits with you know pliers and wire and beads and selling it to your friends at school and things like that So so that's how I got into jewelry and sort of really took notice of people and what they were wearing. That's a really good, like, origin story, you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Because I know some some people are like, oh, my grandfather was a jeweler. But for me, it was just having my ears pierced. (laughs) Ears pierced at Claire's of Sex Stories. Yeah, I love that. That's my origin story. I love it. So, um, so you you started with the pliers, like we all do, with the pliers and the and the wire and the beads, yeah. <laughs> which is like that's like a lot of us. And what was the transition to like university? You know, when like because you went you you have a very nice education in the Royal College of Art, so. Yeah, how did that? How did that went from like the pliers to like going? <laughs> it's to a long journey. A long oh, really? journey. Um, well, so in the UK to do like an art creative degree, um, you can do an art foundation. So you sort of spend a year exploring painting, graphics, three uh, D, like working with wood and metal, yeah. or photography and things. And I really loved the vibe and the smell of the like 3d workshop Mm. and while I was doing that course I did an evening course in jewelry making just making silver so you know soldering and leveling up from the bead and the pliers (laughs) uh, work and I was like actually you know what I don't want to do I was going to do textiles and Mm. I decided I didn't want to do that I wanted to do jewelry so I applied and I got a space at Middlesex University which Mm. is in North London Um, and I did a four-year degree so I spent um, one year in industry so I worked for uh, Tamara Gomez, Tanya Clark Hall and Lin Chung um, and then finished my degree and then after that I was like I still need to learn more (laughs) and I did um, a one-year residential course at Bishop's Land Educational Trust, which was um, based in Reading, just outside of Reading, which is actually where I'm from. Mm. So um, it was, I still lived there. So you live on site. I actually lived above the workshop. So at 8am, you'd be woken up by like the hammers. Really? (laughs) Silversmiths, yeah. So you'd be like, okay, I should go to the workshop. (laughs) How how, how was that? It was like... Inter- like it was it really inspiring or like was it really like all right the hammers are ah. <laughs> it was good it was in it was inspiring because uh there was 12 of us who were oh, living wow. there and we all shared a workshop together oh and God. you're in the middle of the countryside so you had nothing to distract <laughs> you so you and you were sort of like you know edged on where by your you know your other jewelers and silversmiths in the workshop 
So it was quite a good sort of competitive but really communal um, environment to be involved in. Um, it was a great year. That's like very so. It's, it's a whole year. It's just like and and you're basically like immersed pretty yeah. much. And what kind of work you guys do there? Is it like free form? Is it like specific techniques? So it's very much like trying to keep traditional hand making skills. Oh. So there's no like casting, for example. Yeah. So we had master classes from. Uh, a master silversmith like Rod Kelly and we had Jacqueline Mina come and teach us how to use and work with gold yeah um we did all sorts of like yeah traditional goldsmithing and silversmithing skills um which they don't really teach you at university yeah. so it's like I can design all these amazing uh -huh. things but I can't actually make them exactly. so that year really equipped us with the the skills to to leave um and that make our own jewelry that is so cool it's like a monastery in a way i guess yeah it's like a um, jewelry boarding school yeah <laughs> i love that and so and and only it's like 12 people a year basically yeah oh. yeah i think now they only take eight people oh, a year wow. and how so do you even apply to it uh so lin chung who i worked for she had been there the think the first year that it started and mm. said oh it might be quite good for you mm. um so i just uh got in touch and um had an interview had some references taken from people who knew me can use the hammer yes <laughs> yeah yeah she's she's good she, she you know she uh she works hard <laughs> um yeah and then went from there that is so cool do you feel that it really equipped you to understand jewelry in a different way very much yeah uh it was it's just even learning things like how to file silver mm -hmm. or gold properly how to solder and the different types and techniques of soldering um that you can apply yeah. um To, yeah making big scale things but also like on a really miniature uh, level um, it was really informative and yeah. also it's very much a way and a place to network yeah. so because of their connections with the goldsmiths company goldsmith center and things like that you were able to do business courses as well as the technical skills oh, and that's very important that yeah. a lot of like it, and i feel like a lot of schools don't do business classes no. and i feel like that's a lot of artists that's their downfall in a way that yeah. they don't understand the business side of selling their product exactly yeah i think um you're, when you're a maker and an artist the last thing you're thinking about is how am i going to sell this how much am i going to sell it for how much do i charge per hour exactly <laughs> you know? and, and um, i know so many artists that undervalue themselves because they they don't understand like they, they feel very shy about like this is like you know um this is my work this is how much i've spent doing and these are like the tools that i've spent like i feel like a lot of clients and a lot of the non-jewelry people like we like to call them <laughs> we should have yeah. a word for them the non-jewelers um, the non-jewelers <laughs> um they see stuff in a store they, they see the mass production stuff mm. and they're like see that it's like a very not like you know the price is very cheap or whatever and then they go to a, somebody that is a handmade jeweler and they're like well why is the price so expensive and yeah. then a lot of people get so shy and intimidated and then they start devaluing their work and yep. one of the things that i want to do in a thousand facets is like really educate people about what it takes to be a jeweler it's, it's not the same putting beats on a string yeah than to like really understand the process yeah i think jewelry or artisan handmade jewelry is comparable to you know like fine art or art yeah. mm -hmm. you know you're buying something that someone's put so much time and love and passion into yeah and 
the value of the materials they're using they're they're really high quality mm -hmm. like 18 karat gold or like sapphires and diamonds that are really good quality or exactly. really unusual and special mm -hmm. not generic mass made like nine karat gold exactly um it's yeah but it is difficult as a as a maker to sort of know your worth and be confident to sell the work at what it should be sold for i always like to talk to the artist about i'm like these prices are a little too low uh you should like you know be able to value yourself because it's like it's not only the piece itself it's like your years of experience your year in a boarding <laughs> jewelry school every day working towards understanding the traditional way of making jewelry like all this background that you have is yeah. what makes the piece so worth it yeah and that's why i really want to educate people about it because it's not just like i just put something in a casting you're actually fabricating everything you're, yeah. you're literally fabricating everything that you're making and it's like it's it's a completely different technique exactly. than just putting like having a mold and and you know again there's like all these different ways of making jewelry that people don't really see that's why i love um process videos and things like that so to showcase it's not just something really easy yeah it's it takes a lot of time and it's also math like people yes. don't understand how much math doesn't tell to make jewelry <laughs> yeah i wish i had uh, paid more attention um <laughs> In, in math in math lessons <laughs> at school because uh, it would come in a very handy uh, now I'm like oh oh gosh quickly like <laughs> look through and like the internet how do I work out this angle I need to create this setting what angle do I need to like create the metal out and cut it out <laughs> mm -hmm, exactly so after you you went into your you finished your boarding school what what did yeah. you did after that oh, well I sort of worked a few jobs you know I worked in a few high street shops and mm. I was sort of doing a few hours a week makeshift bench at home I wasn't really yeah. making much for those that don't know high street is like the diamond district of London pretty much yeah yeah so I was sort of doing that I wasn't really making um I did get a teaching job at a uh place called South Hill Park in Bracknell it's mm. a great art center so I would teach like four classes a week what kind of classes were you doing so just um like jewelry and silversmithing so people who had been going there for 10 years or they'd never done any jewelry before you were teaching such a oh. like hobbyists oh, okay. at different levels yeah so it's sort of like oh I want to learn granulation I need to learn how to do granulation so it was a lot of self teaching yeah to then teach them oh wow um, really yeah and then I wasn't really selling or doing shows or making much and then I decided I really want to make this a career I want to do like Goldsmiths Fair and I want to do all these shows and I was like I'm not getting anywhere doing what I'm doing yeah. and that made me decide to apply for the Royal College of Art mm. um, which is a two-year master's degree Um, and it's actually voted again, I think, for the seventh year in the row as the best art and design university in the world. Wow. So it's very prestigious. And I was quite fortunate when I was there, um, there were only 20 people on the oh, course. Wow. Um, so we had a, like a really nice number and I was so ecstatic to get be offered a place at this like amazing school that so many jewelers... Um, that I admire had been there, yeah. you know, like Joe Hayes Ward and Ruth Tomlinson, you know, yeah. all those kind of jewelers that you see at Goldsmiths Fair and other shows. Yeah. I'm like, I want to be like them. Okay, the, this is the place for me. Um, and so, yeah, I did that in 2016 uh, to 2018. Oh, wow. That's um, amazing. So, like, how's how are the classes there was the process like even to get in like what yeah I mean when I when I enrolled they said oh that you're on the jewelry course you know it's that's like one in five applicants get a space 
Wow. You know, so I felt, oh, okay, it's quite a big deal to yeah. have been offered a place. Yeah, and amazing. I mean, it's an amazing um, place. We were based in Battersea, a brand new sort of building, really like open plan, huge studios. So you could look right down and it was like airy, um, great windows and light. It was amazing. And then downstairs were, there were a huge workshop in like little rooms. So you had an enameling room, a hammering room. They had like CNC machines, mm-hmm. um, like casting rooms, like everything you could possibly want as a maker was oh there God. for you to use. And we learned about like history of art and contextual studies. And we wrote a dissertation that was 10,000 words. Um, what was your so dissertation? That was quite a challenge. <laughs> what was your dissertation about? Like, what was your theme? Uh, my thing was, it was titled, What Are You Looking At? And it was sort of exploring the way that the viewer, the artist, and a gallery can all affect and sort of play with how you interpret or the context in which you see sort of art. Mm. Um, so, you know, there was this sort of news article that somebody was taking a photo of a pair of glasses mm-hmm. on the floor in this muse- art museum. Mm-hmm. And then somebody came along and said, oh, that's not an art piece. But because it was in an art gallery, someone just put glasses down <laughs> and then everyone's taking <laughs> photos of it. And I was just like, I mean, it's so interesting how yeah. just putting an object in an art gallery makes pe- people think it's a piece of art. Exactly. Well, um, there's a um, there's a, this museum in Beacon, New York. It's called Dia, and it's like very well known, and it's a contemporary art. And there's this, which I, my friend who is a, a more of a traditional artist goes with. He went with me once. And there's like this wall, this room, and it has two canvases that are completely painted in white, and that's <laughs> it. And then he's like, "No, no, <laughs> this, is, this is not art. I refuse to accept that that is art." <laughs> so he was he 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 got he appreciated the, the space is gorgeous because it used to be a can factory before, mm. so the space is like this huge rooms, and he's like mm. absolutely stunning. But he was like, this art is not art. <laughs> Anyone could do that. <laughs> Anyone can do that. So it's a, it's a, I love the perspective of people and, and art too. Like I, mm. I, I'm always very fascinated when I go to museums. Like my husband and I do go to a lot of museums. So it's just like yeah. seeing so much art from different eras and different types of art. It's just like in what re- makes us, you know, react Mm, it's very yeah. fascinating but i love the sunglasses story <laughs> i know it's just it's just like one of many things i just thought it was really interesting i um, love that <laughs> yeah but i mean while i was at the royal college that's where i was taught by one of the technicians patrick davison um mm. how to alloy gold so mm-hmm. i was really interested in knowing how as a jeweler because gold is a magical material mm-hmm. and you can do so much with it and by like i love baking like that is my like side passion i know we've, we've talked about it and i still haven't tried any of your bakings <laughs> time when you're in london i'll bake something uh, but I've, I, yeah exactly i'm kidding i'm kidding uh, very busy <laughs> well, yeah yeah <laughs> there's always time to bake it's like my way of relaxing and decompressing. Um, but I think like alloying gold is comparable. I mean, it's how I sort of explain it to clients. Yeah. It's a bit like making a cake. You know, okay. if you change the ingredients in like even minute percentages, you can create a different outcome. Yeah. Um, and so at the RCA, I was able to explore making my own gold and controlling mm. the colour. Oh, and wow. My, I do a lot of, um, now I do a lot of like bespoke work and commissions and my project and what I used the gold alloying for was um, in, actually inspired by my best friend from university, uh, Kerry and her husband and how they met. And I was basically, at the RCA you can be very conceptual. So I may, I decided to make every 
uh, carrot of gold. So I made one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, all the way through to 24 um, and fused them together. And by doing that, you had one end of the piece of wire was very like white silver color. Yeah. And then it slowly graduates into like deep gold, rich orange at the other end. And that was to represent the, you know, those lovely, beautiful fireworks that sort of like waterfalls. Yes. Oh, they are my favorites. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So they're like bright white in the center and then they're all golden and floating, you know, towards the ends um, when they're draping in the sky. Uh, so that was um, how it all came about and then I just sort of like carried that on really exploring making my own gold creating my own colors blending gold and mixing metals and I just love alloying it's so fun I know it's like the first time that I saw what you did I was like no effing way (laughs) (laughs) who has the patience to do that <laughs> i know I, she's I crazy I, I think i messaged you about it and i was like did you just did this like this is insanity but it was so beautiful because it was like perfectly perfectly graduated in like the color mm. it was like so stunning and i'm like i just want people to really understand the technical like knowledge that you have to have to create mm. something like this because yeah. it, it, like you have like it's they're literally like when when you did them the first one was like the sticks right yeah. the stick earrings yeah and they look simple it's just like a stick earring with like a little top and like they, they're like beautiful and but the mastery that needs to happen to create that gradation of color was so mind blowing. <laughs> yeah, it's trying to convey to people that it's not plated. Like yeah. they are solid. Like it's like an ombre tone. I call exactly. it spectrum. Yeah, but these these earrings were they went into they were all eighteen carat and it went from green to yellow to lemon to yes. pink, rose, red, red gold, and. It was a late, they, these pieces are a labor of love and I don't make many of them and, yeah. um, because they're so time consuming. I know. How long does it take you to just say, uh, what's the process for you to, to create each alloy? Like, can you tell me a little bit about it if, if you can? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I'm making multiple, you know, at least 10 alloys. Okay. Yes. Um, because you need the transition and the color to change really ever so slightly. So you get a beautiful graduation and, you know, I'm weighing out the gold, the silver, the copper, palladium, whatever color I'm making in minute detail and weighing everything like three times because you want it to pass that hallmarking at the assay office. So it's tested Oh my god! I I didn't even think about it. You have <laughs> yeah. to test every single part. Oh my god! Yes. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> they they need to test it, and you want it to pass. You don't want to go to all that effort, and then it fails. Yeah. Um, and so you're weighing out like say ten different little piles of gold and sil- fine silver and copper, um, and then you do until you melt it and you put them together. You don't know if you've done the the color graduation yeah. correctly or subtly enough yeah um it's like it's quite crazy actually that you're like spending all this money on this gold and you don't know how it's going to turn out and if it's going to work and it can melt at the very last moment um but luckily those earrings and i've done a couple of pairs since um has yeah. successfully uh happened um but yeah you're it probably take me like 
if I was to do it all in a concise period of time, it'd probably be like three days or something. Oh, wow. I mean, it's quite a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm just like, my brain is like not computing properly. <laughs> just thinking about it. I'm like, uh, no, but it's, but it's so worth it at the end because it's so beautiful. All right. Going back to hallmarking, how does SIE office hallmark that? Because it's, they just put like Orum and that's it. Like, yeah. So they, because they use like a laser, they can put like yeah. the whole bar or the whole piece yeah. on the, uh, on the earring and then they can tell you the exact breakdown of like each section or oh. like different parts of the earring so as long as it's mainly like 750 so 75% yeah. fine gold okay. it, it will pass and be like stamped as 18 carat okay all right okay because I was like thinking it's like do they have to like mark every single type of gold that you're doing? no well I guess luckily because it's all like one solid exactly. piece exactly yeah as long as all right most of it passes <laughs> they'll hallmark it I love that uh see these are little details that we need to also think about you know I, I didn't think about that particular thing I love that so much more I'm like I need one of your earrings and, you know because like there I do have one of your rings that I love very much but I do love right now what you're doing with like the tourmalines that you're taking bicolor tourmalines, bicolor citrines, and you're creating the gradient. The darker color is a gold, like the lighter color is silver. I am obsessed with it. <laughs> <laughs> I you. love how you're doing. I love the signet rings that you're doing. They're like bicolor or tricolor or depending. And like I, I, yeah. I know when you posted the first one that it was like split signet ring, and I was like, yeah. I need a video of that. Right. <laughs> I <laughs> love it. Was, it. You can do it with cells, and you can do this. And I started like. <laughs> Building you, we were like brainstorming, weren't we? We were like, Oh, we could do this and I could do that, and oh. yeah, there's loads of like possibilities. It's because like just the I'll time to do it. I, I know, I'm like, Yeah, just do it. No, I'm kidding, but like, I was just like so inspired by those pieces. Like, I was so happy. I'm like, I need them in my life. Like, and then, like, somebody goes, they're going to pinch you and whatever. I was like, don't you dare say that because it's not true at all. It's tried and tested. I wore them. Yeah, I, I know. I think that they were, like, they were so magical. And there was, there, again, it's a simple design. It's a signal ring, but it's carries so much technical knowledge and ability and i was so with them i'm like i need them <laughs> Thank you. well yeah so from doing the blended alloying spectrum of gold it was because they're so time consuming you can't make like a massive collection yeah. you know so i was exploring the way in which i could put different contrasting metals and golds mm. together you know yeah. like white gold the gray white gold and rose gold are really cool together but yeah. then white gold and yellow gold look great together mm -hmm. and then i love gemstones i always love gemstones and working with them um and i love tourmalines and sapphires and opals and you know working with these gems and noticing that especially like tourmalines you know, uh, peach tourmalines, they sort of match like nine carat yellow gold and mm -hmm. nine carat red gold and sapphires, party sapphires from Australia, you know, like yeah. half of it's yellow and half of it's blue. They're so magical. I yes. love them. And then it was just like looking at them and like, well, you know, I could make that half, you know, yellow on yellow and the white gold on the blue. And just, it's sort of inspired by my engagement ring. So, uh, my partner and I, we made our own engagement ring and I love yellow diamonds. And so I've got a yellow diamond in yellow gold because I love the sparkle, but it's not like bling, 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 look at me yeah. Yeah. like a white diamond would be. Yeah. And, and so I was, I was, that sort of also sort of inspired the whole matching the metal with the gemstone color. Yeah. And it's like, gemstone and gold working together in harmony yeah. or contrasting against each other whereas i think a lot of jewelry is the metal is just there to hold the gemstone yeah and you kind of use a metal that shows off the gemstone to its mm -hmm. best or full yes. potential 
but you're and integrating them together you're making them you're you're making them as a whole yeah the yeah whole piece exactly. is thought out the whole piece is not it's just not just like again putting a, a metal in a beautiful gem so no you're like thinking about the whole piece as a as, as a unit yeah yeah, and, I love and, that. and these pieces they take quite a long time to be I mean my stone suppliers and um, must be <laughs> sick of me I'm like can I look at that and that and that and have you, have you got anything that nobody else wants that's really weird and unusual because I will probably have it <laughs> uh, <laughs> or like now that there's no, even there's stone suppliers in Australia that I'm working with and they're like oh we've got this stone we thought of you oh, uh, so I'm so getting cool. this reputation <laughs> The fact that they're thinking of you and like thinking about your process. Not everybody does that. So you should feel lucky about that, <laughs> which is like very exciting. I don't know. It's just like I have become so excited with you and your work. And like every time that I see something that you do, I'm like, come on. <laughs> really? And it makes me so happy. You have oh, no idea how happy you make me. Like, because you're like thinking about things in a completely different way. And again, there's like the wearable pieces, they're they have an everyday piece, and it, but it's so special and it's so unique and it's so interesting. Having seen something that had like that detail, and I just want people, everybody to know <laughs> what you're doing because oh, I love thank it. you. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think for me, it's like jewelry is such a personal thing, and I. I do mainly make like one-off pieces mm -hmm. that are really difficult to like recreate. Exactly. And I quite like that. Um, it's probably not the best business model to have, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it works for me and it makes my job really exciting, sourcing gemstones. And it just makes, it's just like knowing that the jewelry that I've made that's out there is just as unique as the person that's wearing it. Yeah. And I think we all want to feel individual and special. And I hope that my jewelry sort of does that. Yeah. Speaking for myself, you know, like that ring that you make for me, uh, it was like this beautiful galaxy looking opal mm. that I was like in love with. And you took the time to match the stones around it to like bring the colors of the opal. And I love working mm. with you on it because it was like so exciting. And you were like, you know, like I'm thinking about this stones and it was like great working with you uh, on it. And when I got it, I was like, so oh, I'm glad, I'm glad. Cause you're always like nervous when you're working remotely <laughs> With someone you know, oh my god are they gonna like it are they gonna hate it or they're gonna want to change it no um, but no it's great working like with you to create it it was, it was such a beautiful opal it was, I know, I know. it was like blues and greens and hints of purple exactly and then like yellow gold it just yeah oh. the, the opal enhanced the diamonds the diamonds enhanced like the opal yeah and it's just like oh the, everything just worked in harmony it yeah so beautiful I, <laughs> I, I love that I will say it's like I every time I wear it I'm like oh you're so pretty <laughs> <laughs> just oh. staring at your hands <laughs> oh, oh I, I do that very often trust me it's like I'm like oh you're so pretty um so, so going back to like you made a comment about like you and your husband make your wedding rings i was like stalking your website a little bit and you actually with the couple their own mm -hmm. wedding rings can you tell yeah. me a little bit about that yeah so i think a lot of people who are sort of interested in making but they don't do it as a job yeah. and so i sort of offer make your own wedding ring workshops so people can come to my studio and we we chat through all the different like options and different goals because there's so many different options yeah. and what they do is they either make their own or they make each other's um, in whatever metal they've chosen and they make like the silver they're working in the workshop how I would work and I teach them step by step so they learn like the techniques we have a bit of lunch and then in the afternoon they're working in the gold or last week I had some a couple come in and they actually made their wedding rings in platinum oh, wow. um, so that's the first platinum wedding ring workshop we've done and so we had like the tinted goggles on <laughs> uh trying to get the platinum hot enough to solder to fuse um so it's just really fun and people have such a fun day and they love like looking at the rings like oh my gosh I made that and they're surprised <laughs> that it looks like 
a professional ring obviously yeah. there's probably a few more scratches and <laughs> file marks than maybe I would make but that's all like the charm and like the interest of making your own jewelry first of all it makes them more special because they made it mm. for themselves and then you know it's in like a bonding moment as well because they're like it, they have the same experience yeah and you're giving them the same experience in, in one day so they're gonna remember that oh, yeah. I, I love that you do that you're such a good teacher Aww, <laughs> i should go you. and like take a class with you or something yeah i will definitely. be a terrible student though <laughs> No, no. Everybody oh, yeah. is teachable. <laughs> um, but I'm more like a wax carver. I'm not a, a uh, fabricator. Like you know, and yes. I'm like <laughs> deadly afraid of the like the torch. I am so not good. Oh, at. I love I love the soldering torch. I love a bit of fire. Pyromaniac in rain. But I'm the opposite. I like I I really can't do. I really admire people who wax carve yeah and can work with like a block of wax and they they're carving it away and then they end up with some like beautiful ring or something because yeah. my brain just doesn't work in that way yeah i uh, i'm not a great wax carver i just happen to like wax carving <laughs> yeah but you know like if you want some insane wax carving like max danger will definitely give you an insane wax carving but i wanted to ask you like why do you like fabricating more than you know like you don't use any molds right um like i for wedding rings um mm. that are sort of repeatable things um yeah. yeah we have uh rubber molds for that but um but you made it from a fabricated piece yeah, yeah so i've, I've yeah. made a fabricated piece like where it's drawing down wire or rolling it or texturing it i've made the the mold mm. the master and then i had a mold made um i don't know i think it's maybe just the way that i was taught or the work the work placements that i did i just fell into especially at bishop's land it wasn't oh let's we're going to do casting and things like that that wasn't on the you know the syllabus yeah. um it was very much like hand fabricating traditional goldsmithing and that is fabricating whether it's from a big lump of like gold that you roll down into wire sheet um or you're buying the wire ready made but then you're fabricating all the little individual elements together and i think with making your own gold and using heirloom gold that you've melted down from rings or earrings and then you need to make it into something new you you have no choice really but to like fabricate it yeah um so it's just those skills that I've sort of developed in my career that mm. I I go forward and use and yeah I'm not very good at wax carving you know I tried it at university it wasn't for me um <laughs> so I stuck with actual metal hey you're doing a great job so you don't need your wax carving <laughs> <laughs> thank you um so what do you see yourself going forward what like what do you want your brand to grow to or to be that's a good question I think I would still like to be making the work, designing and making, maybe to get to a point where maybe you have to have an assistant to help with things. But I always want to be making. That's my favorite part yeah. of being a maker and a jeweler. Um, if I had to step away and just be designing, I don't think I would be as happy yeah. as I am now. Mm. and it's just about growing developing pushing the boundaries and you know I'm always looking to like learn new techniques and methods of making and goldsmithing there's so many like possibilities of you know the alloyed gold and blending gold um, and matching gemstones and metals together the possibilities yeah. are endless I know um, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I am so looking forward to seeing that process that you're going to yeah. go through because it's, it's so fascinating. Like, I've been so, I feel like maybe like the past three to four years, I've seen your growth, three three years because I've known you for like four or five years, but like I've seen your growth on your aesthetic and I'm like, oh my God, my brain is like, this is amazing <laughs> yeah my work has developed and changed 
you know, a fair bit. But I think that for me, with in the UK when we had the COVID lockdown and I had all this time to work and design and develop and experiment, you know, we had 14 weeks where we weren't able to like leave home. Mm-hmm. And that really sort of sparked and ignited my like passion again yeah. and development of all these ideas. And I think my work has developed a huge amount, even the last year. And that is in part, in fact, in um, being accepted to do Goldsmiths Fair, which is like most jewelers, like career aspiration. Yeah. And I think I've subconsciously pushed myself quite a lot to create work that I've always wanted to make. And all these ideas, I'm like, this is the time to do it. You know, first time doing Goldsmiths Fair. This is this is what I need to work towards. This is what I want to show people. This is like my my debut. Like here I am. This is what I do. Um, so yeah, it, it's funny how little things like that do more for your career than you actually realize at the time. Well, it's, it's very exciting to hear that the lockdown actually brought you so much inspiration because a lot of people went like the other way and they kind mm. of blocked themselves and like freaked out and like, you know, like completely shut down. And like, but there was like all these people that just like, they they were able to breathe a little bit and not like worry about like making 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 and like really sitting down and just like just like what am I gonna what's my voice what's my yeah you know who I am as a designer or as an artist yeah and I think that the lockdown did really amazing things for you it did <laughs> I mean pre-covid there was one point where I think I was doing like five or seven jobs like freelancing yeah. I was working in Jill Wing Mm-hmm. I was like doing a bit of teaching um, in London as well as Reading and I was all over the place and I wasn't really putting much attention to my own work and developing it. And so when the lockdown happened, I was like, oh, well, I've got all this time and I found it quite relaxing. Okay, it was very stressful at the time, <laughs> but looking back, yeah, yeah. I think it was quite a relaxing time to just sort of take a breath and a pause and breathe and go, yeah assess your life and go but what is it that I want to do do I want to carry on working seven jobs for the next like 10 years or am I going to chase my dreams well I I think that you are doing amazing things like I'm so proud of you you. yeah (laughs) I can't wait for you to see everything in person I am like I'm so excited I am so excited to see everything in person because I know that I'm gonna be like freaking out. I'm gonna make you take everything out of the the box and it's like can yeah. you see this? Let me see that because I'm gonna be really excited and the nails will be looking good for it. Mm. <laughs> um, what do you want people to feel when they wear your jewelry? I don't know, like special. Hmm. I think because I make one off and I like people to feel special and confident when they're wearing it i mean even my own engagement ring it sounds a bit funny but when i like every now and again i'm like i look at my ring and i'm like oh god i love it oh so, you know i just like just happiness just yeah okay happiness. i need to i need to ask you like how did he propose because to have a jeweler especially mm-hmm. a jeweler of your caliber to you know be able to do their own stuff like how do you did he only propose with the stone like what what was that um it wasn't even a stone uh <laughs> i had made him cufflinks for his birthday and he had one of my jewelry boxes and we went for a walk uh via where we had our first date and he got down in one knee with this jewelry box and opened it up and said, will you marry me? Oh no, sorry, will you be my wife? And I was like, yes, tears, <laughs> tears started coming. Uh, and then and then in the lid of the box, it just said, I'll make you one. Oh, <laughs> that is so cute. <laughs> it took several months to make one, uh, but we got there in the end. <laughs> but you picked the stone and you picked. Yeah, we went to, we went to Hatton Garden and... Okay. 
obviously being a jeweler you sort of know all these stone dealers yeah. and uh, we went in and we were looking at white diamonds and I was like no 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 uh, mm-hmm. and then I sort of knew there was a Ruth Tomlinson ring that I really loved but it wasn't quite me but I mm. loved the stone in it and it was a yellow like a soft yellow diamond and mm. I saw she my friend got out a few yellow diamonds and I was like that's it and mm. I picked the most expensive one of, of course because I because you know as a as a makeup artist you have expensive taste <laughs> uh, so I picked the most expensive and he's like yes you can have that <laughs> yeah I was like yay and then yeah when I when I picked up the ring when we we had it made in 18 karat gold or so I sort of like designed it um and I I picked it up from being stone set and I was like oh my god it's like better than I could have imagined oh that is so cute I love that he's very romantic I'm very lucky yeah he seems like a very nice lovely man yeah I haven't met him but he seems very nice (laughs) he he travels with you so that's that's good in my book yes he's got a travel bug as well so (laughs) (laughs) I love that um and besides your engagement ring what's your favorite personal jewelry um, it's actually the uh, the necklace I wear all the time. And this is the first bit of blended gold that I made. So it's green gold at one end. And it goes through to like yellow and lemon gold uh, into pink, rose and red gold. And one side, the yellow gold side has got a yellow gold chain. And then mm-hmm. the other side has got red gold chain. Oh. And it's sort of like my signature i suppose yeah so if people say oh what are you wearing like did you make what you're wearing and i mean like yeah this is what i do um but i i never take it off i always leave it on makes me happy that you're you're wearing your makings which is really nice a lot of artists should do that Well, I used to be like that. I used to not wear any jewelry because I liked, I would just say, I like making jewelry, but not wearing it. And then over the years, <laughs> I've changed, I've changed. And now I definitely wear Good. the jewelry that I make. Yes, you have to, you have to have at least one thing that is represents you. you exactly. Know. Do you have any, any artists that you will wear their jewelry? Like oh, besides yes. you. <laughs> yeah, so oh what have I got in my jewelry box? Um so I've got Lucy Gledhill, little mm. um little uh, earrings. Uh I've got some Joe Hayes Ward little earrings. Uh I've got a wonderful Abby Masseri like crescent silver necklace. Those are like my favorite jewelry box. If oh. I wasn't to wear my jewelry, those are the things that I would choose to wear. Well, you you mentioned very, very lovely, talented ladies right there. Definitely talented. (laughs) So I have some complimentary questions I like to ask everybody before we leave. Um, And I know a lot of these answers, but I have to ask you either way. (laughs) Um, What's your favorite gemstone? Oh, that's so, oh, you're making me decide. I have more than one. Um, I'll allow you more than one. I would say that it's opals and tourmalines, mm. which are my birthstone. So I feel very lucky. <laughs> oh, you're an October baby. Yeah. So oh um, October gets the best gemstones. It really does. Yes. Yeah. I, you know, January has garnet and I'm not a garnet fan. Mm. Well, you know, if it's like a dematoid garnet that's like, that bright vivid fiery green maybe you might change your mind yeah 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 it's just like but like i i don't get really inspired well i have to say there there was like one garnet that um disa oslob had like i Mm. I saw her at nelly um in like that garden it was like really i don't remember the name right now because my brain is not working properly but it was like like uh, it was not red it was like a fuchsia and like mm. like a deep deep pink and it, it it was like so beautiful i'm like all right i'll i'll allow that garden but i'm just <laughs> yeah. like garden are not like i don't know i it was very they're unreal. not an opal are they they don't know an opal for <laughs> sure for sure um this is gonna be an interesting one what's your favorite metal <laughs> fine gold that's alloyed (laughs) (laughs) which alloy do you like better okay so the 
my favourite gold to work with is 18 karat mm. yellow. Mm. Oh, keep it a yeah. classic. Class- classic, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's just like, it's a beautiful metal, like to work with, to melt. It works really well with nearly all gemstones. I mean, it's just, oh, it's just magic. Um, what's your favourite tool or technique? My favourite tool is a, pa- a pair of parallel pliers. I think mm. I have like five pairs of them. Any, all different types. <laughs> They're my go-to, my go-to. Mm. And technique-wise is definitely alloying gold. Mm-hmm. Is it very like meditative for you to do it? Uh, when you're... St- when you've got the torch and you're you've got the fire and you're melting it and they're all melting together and they're swirling around yeah um that bit but when you're weighing it out have i (laughs) measured this out correctly it's like like a stressful and relaxing time (laughs) yeah yeah the end bit is relaxing which is the way around you want it to be exactly i love that um who's your favorite designer or artist doesn't need to be jewelry it can be anything my favorite artist, uh, even since I was like at secondary school, is David Hockney. Mm. I absolutely love his work. is so colorful and vibrant. And there's a gallery in Saltaire um, in Yorkshire, and he's got so many paintings there. Mm. And it's just they're just so colorful, vibrant, full of color and life, and yeah. I've always loved his work. I love that. Um, what's your favorite thing to listen while you work? Well, of course, I listen to this podcast. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> and I, d- I do a mix. Like, I love Fleetwood Mac. You know, like, I'm a bit young for Fleetwood Mac. But... Yes, Fleetwood Mac is, is an ageless band. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, it reminds me of like road trips across America with my parents and my oh, brother. Love so, that. Um, it's always happy memories listening to Fleetwood Mac. And I'm like, yeah, this is it. This is like, yeah, I'm in the zone. And then that. sometimes it's just like, you know, like rubbish TV shows on in the background. Um, yeah. so it's a real mix yes we we, we understand <laughs> um do you have any advice for future jewelry artists uh persistence and hard work yeah i would what? say you're not saying that it's like everything is <laughs> like you can like just snap your finger and everything is done <laughs> No, I, re- I remember being at Bishop's Hand and um, a silversmith in Didi Akubia came and she was like, yep, it's going to take you 10 years to be like an established maker. And I was like, really? And now I'm sort of like, oh, I think she was right. <laughs> Not for everyone, obviously. But I think as long as you've got real passion for what you're doing and you absolutely love it and you're willing to eat, sleep and breathe jewellery or whatever art, you're working in and you're willing to work hard you're a tree you you will achieve what you what you want yeah i agree i agree it's just there's a lot of people that just think like i I was like talking to this little girl once in the train and she asked me like what do i do and like all the stuff like we were talking and then she was like oh i like fashion i love fashion and i said well you know like it will take you a long time um to do what you want like it's just not easy and then she was like well how long and i'm like girl (laughs) it was like it'll take you like 10 good years to be like a senior artist and stuff like and she was like that's too long (laughs) like you're 12 (laughs) what are you talking about you've got time (laughs) you've got time start now (laughs) yeah that's a very good advice like people need to like really understand that nothing happens overnight yeah so it sounds very like boring advice (laughs) (laughs) but it's it's realistic and i like realistic i don't like i don't like people to be like oh yeah everything is gonna happen like whatever and i'm like no you have to work really hard you know and once you, you accomplish what you have you still have to work really hard yeah yeah once you're there you've got to work hard to maintain it keep growing and developing it doesn't stop once you've made it exactly it's never just like 
I did it and then that's it. I can go to Capri and be in a boat. (laughs) I can retire at 40. Exactly. I wish that, no. (laughs) Be working till I'm like 90 at this rate. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, don't even remind me. Uh, Rachel, you're amazing. Thank you so much for talking to me sitting here. I really enjoy you very much. Oh, Um, thank you. Very looking forward to pancakes when I see you. Yes, delicious pancakes for breakfast. Yes, yes. <laughs> Thank you, you know. for having me. Well, I'll see you in like a few weeks. I know that this will be done after I see you, but I'm excited to see you. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to see you too. All right. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Bye. See you. Bye. You can find Rachel Jones on Instagram at Rachel Jones Jewelry or visit her website, racheljonesjewelry.com. Thank you. Thousand Facets is produced and edited by me. Please visit a Thousand Facets on Instagram to see photos of some of the things we spoke about during the interview. Music by Chris Keys. You can find him on Instagram at Chris underscore Keys underscore underscore. Please remember to rate us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much. But you're